Mark Holton, welcome to the show, man. Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Life 365, iHeartRadio. We have one of the all-time cult great actors out there who's been in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Teen Wolf, Leprechaun, League of Their Own. So many great films, memorable films people remember from their childhood, and it'll live on forever. And he joins me here, Mark Holton. Mark, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. How's everything going? Uh, everything's going good, man. Uh, looks like I'm going to have a, a fun fall. Um, I got a couple of things to plug. I can do them now or later. <laughs> yeah. Either you, you could start off with it if you want, since we're already on it. Oh, okay. Let's, let's just, let's just do that. Um, Labor Day weekend, I will be in Persephone, New Jersey at the Hilton at an event called Lead East. It's their 40th anniversary. It's the world's biggest and greatest classic rock and highest quality classic car event. Uh, there's going to be 34 live bands over that weekend. Five DJs inside now, 100% American, 100% family. An old-fashioned drive-in movie where there's a, there's a rumor going around that there's going to be a screening of one of those classic films that you just mentioned. Uh, and uh, yours truly will be there. Uh, to uh, announce it and uh, do questions and answers afterward. And uh, there's also going to be an indoor theater. We'll know about that. But uh, it's going to be geared more toward the kids. I think uh, that's that's one of the things that, you know, a lot of people that they think about going to a car show and then you're like, well, what am I going to do with a wife and kids? And I'm like, I don't really got a car show and look at a bunch of chrome. You know, well, now there's stuff to do. Uh, and uh, it's it's going to be a mind blower because I love cars. And I love classic rock, so it's going to yeah. be cool. Who's your favorite classic rock artist? Rock artist per se? Oh yeah, we uh, we'd be here all night for all day. Your, your top twenty, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of all of all time, okay. I'm going to throw I'm going to throw one out there because it's just uh, I okay easy. Uh, it came to me. Uh, Kansas, the group Kansas. Okay. Wayward Son. Um, I, I I saw their their thirtieth anniversary uh, concert of uh, <clears throat> Left Overture, and it was a mind blower. I just uh, you know, I, it's just one of those things that I just keep going back to, like uh, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. It's just you know, I go, oh my God, it's been like months i could just gotta sit down and groove to that you know yeah so and you also had the opportunity to work with the ramones for the music video back in the day <laughs> so there's you some know, more rock history everybody asked me about that um i i think i met i met richie ramone uh in in new jersey <laughs> at a at a, a con i don't think he knew who the hell i was or where he was uh but <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't actually meet them. They just had a camera crew show up uh, uh, at, a, at a, a studio where I was working. Uh, it was The program was, uh, I don't know if it was for HBO. It was one of the cable companies. It was a, a Martin Mull comedy series called uh, uh, White America. And it was a spoof on white Americans. And uh, Harry Shearer directed it. Um, and I was, I played a cop. I was just standing around all of a sudden this camera crew came up and said, uh, you mind if we uh, get some shots of you, maybe walk around you? Could you point your nightstick at us? Whatever. Uh, 
do you have permission to be here? Yeah, 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 it's cool. I said, okay, well, yeah, um, uh, knock yourself out. Forgot about it. A couple of months later, people were going, man, I love your, I love your, your rock video. I'm like, what? You know, so I was just oblivious. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure they mentioned it for the Ramones or whatever, but my mind was, you know, on uh, <laughs> the job at hand at the time. Yeah. So no, I didn't get to hang with the band and <laughs> I don't have any crazy stories about it, but it is kind of cool that I, you know, appeared in that. So thank hey, you for bringing that. Uh, of course. And then because I cover hip hop on my show. So you worked with hip hop yeah. royalty, Queen Latifah on my life. Absolutely. And I don't know why she didn't continue acting. Maybe she is going to pick that career up again because I thought she was one of the, the best performances in the movie. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. That's, that's my, my big uh, connection with the whole hip hop world. Yeah. <laughs> but we're here to celebrate you tonight and all, all the work that you've done. But I want to take it back to something that you brought up earlier, even before we get into your high school career in which you got into acting was that this drive in theater, your, your first experience in a theater, as far as horror goes, was the pit and the pendulum with Vincent Price. Yeah. Um, it was a, a a matinee. All the kids had lied to their parents and said, "Oh, it's a, it's um, you know, it's it's a classic. It's um, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, the poem. We're learning about him in school, mom." And of course, all these it was just a sea of kids. And back then, um, <laughs> all the film was on thirty-five uh, millimeter, and it was uh, uh, if if it hung up and it had that hot bulb on it, it would just look old. And it was just this multi-color. Uh, it it would it looked like something you would see out of a '60s acid trip movie, uh, and all of a sudden the sound, <clears throat> of course, at the same time goes. Bam. So at this moment, it was at a pivotal moment when the, the pendulum is like slicing into the guy's stomach, and all the kids were riveted on it, and all of a sudden, this thing melted with the big concussive sound, and the entire theater just went ape shit. You know, kids are just like, ah! it's kind of like a large barge in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Times a thousand <laughs> or a couple of hundred. Anyway, but, so that was yeah. pretty much the the biggest reaction. It wasn't the movie itself. It was what happened there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was a, a, an unintended uh, consequence and failure, whatever. So, but yeah, it happens. Okay. But yeah. acting in your career early on in ninth grade, because that's how you started, that you were having a, a poor grade in English, and yeah. you took this this program in which you won the contest at, and you gave a Patton's address to his men. But this was for extra credit in for English. You took it. Yeah. You won. You won the award. Yeah, it was. Um, it was an intramural uh, auditory oratory. Yeah. Uh, contest, and if you entered it. Uh, people were doing like Martin Luther King and other, uh, you know, great uh, figures from history, their speeches. And I had seen the movie Patton. I had my little vinyl copy of it. and It had Patton's speech. And I thought, they're going to force me to do this. That's what I'm going to do. And uh, it really didn't dawn on me how, uh, <laughs> uh, how much of a chance I was taking uh, presenting this uh <clears throat> Um, 
the language was, was is pretty rough if you haven't heard the speech. Um, laced with profanities, which it, in a, in school, you know, especially from a freshman, and in an auditorium, did not go over big with uh, uh, the principal and the vice principal. But uh, I I don't know. I uh, I thought I'm dead. You know, they're going to call my parents and my ass is out of here. Uh, so the, the vice principal <clears throat> over the intercom, Mark Holton, come to the vice principal's office. Whoop, this is it. And I walked in and I sat down. And of course, he did the <clears throat> make you sweat a little bit for about 30 seconds a bit. And he goes, Mr. Holton, you know, we don't use that language at the school. I said, yes, sir. But, uh, you know, it was in the speech. It didn't come for me. And he goes, all right, that's all right. Go back to class. Okay. Somehow I got away with it and ended up winning the damn thing. I've got like a little gold medal somewhere in there. Um, and that that's pretty much is when it put the hooks on me, in me, uh, standing in front of a live audience and the reactions to the speech. Um, and then, you know, it just kind of snowballed from there with class plays and then uh, tournaments, uh, ended up going to nationals my junior year, got a scholarship to a small university and did theater there. And then the outdoor drama during the, the summer, then the outdoor drama would have workshop productions. Uh, so I was able to keep, you know, pretty busy, you know, uh, learning for quite a few years there. You used to go up to New York a lot when you were younger as well to watch all the Broadway plays. I'm kind of interested because I know the whole story when you say that the, the bumper to bumper, you, I've heard you give that speech hundreds of times and me studying your interviews. But I'm kind of curious, why didn't you take the Broadway play route? Because you were so fascinated by going watching some of the greats perform live on stage in New York. Oh, it just <clears throat> I just didn't think that uh, I was ready for that psychologically. Not, you know, when I graduated high school, I was only 17 years old. Yeah. And uh, it's like, you know, man, I'm from a small town. And now that I've seen the Big Apple uh, and also priced the Big Apple, I'm going, wow. You know, and then, you know, upperclassmen or whatever would have, you know, stories or whatever that they would tell. You know, I'm I'm paying X amount for a, a broom closet. Uh, and uh, I was robbed. <laughs> you know, some kids stuck a eight year old boy stuck a shotgun in my face and took all my bar tips. And I'm going, oh, I really, okay, maybe I want to go west. And I had a had a, a connection. <clears throat> and so uh, you know, I just I just decided maybe that would be the, the best way to start. Because I, you know, in the back of my mind, I always wanted to go back. I always wanted to do a, a Broadway play, but it just wasn't in the cards. It was there was theater on the West Coast too, though. Yeah. Oh, right. How about now? Because I know you, you hung up your spurs. If you say you quit the business, you got back into it as far as Leprechaun Origins. I know the, the whole story. Do you yeah. still have that in your mind that down the road that you may consider getting into live theater play? Uh, maybe. Maybe I thought about uh, doing some uh, uh, a one man show or, you know, kind of an evening with a, a, an historical character or something like that. It would have to be a small cast uh, of people that I really uh, wanted to work with in a, a play that uh, uh, that I was really interested in doing. And it'd have to be in the right theater at the right time. So 
yeah, I'm open to anything. But, uh, you know, if it happens, it happens. If, if my phone rings tomorrow and somebody says, hey, uh, you want to do a film? Well, you know, uh, there's people that are just, you know, they're just waiting on uh, other people. And that's just kind of how Hollywood works. It's, everybody's dependent on somebody else for, you know, everything's got to fall in line. You've got to, uh, synchronicity has to uh, work out in your favor. And then, you know, when you get a production going, uh, the actors are way down on the food chain there. So <laughs> you might hear about the back from somebody going, hey, guess what? Oh, do I, you know, I don't really remember what was... <laughs> That can happen too. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, it's 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 all you know in God's hands at this point. I'm having I'm having the time of my life going to events like uh, Lead East uh, and hanging out and and uh, and signing autographs. It's fun. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's great. Um, you know, I was completely oblivious for most of my life until probably about 2000. Well, after I had done uh, the last Leprechaun which would have been, what, 2018 or something. Mm -hmm. I was oblivious to the fact that there were people out there that wanted to know about me and meet me that were still watching the movie. And now it had gone generations deep, you know. I mean, it, we're, we're talking about grandkids uh, that are showing up at this thing, you know, with the, are these, you know, is this your grandfather? Oh, yeah, and, and here's my, my mom and dad, and here's my grandparents. Um, and we watched the film before we came down to meet you. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, it just blows my mind. Uh, because at the time when that's, when that's, when, uh, when history is occurring, you don't always, um, realize what, uh, what's going on until much later. And like I said, synchronicity, it just happened that, uh, I had a series of films that were part of the American uh, childhood. And, you know, back then you, you, you went to Blockbuster, uh, you bought a copy, or you kept going back to Blockbuster, or you saw it in a theater. That was pretty much it. Um, there weren't a lot of people with even cable vision at that point, not nationwide anyway. So, um, so yeah, and then, you know, people knew me from that, so they would continue when they would see something during the 90s or the 2000s or, 2018 you know it it's it's um it, you know the, i'm sure there are people uh actually that have contacted me on instagram that, that keep asking me when stream is coming out I'll, another same shameless plug uh but stream like uh row 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 your boat or streaming service uh is is the name of it it's coming out this fall i've got a definite on that uh it's from the guys that, that brought you the terrifier movies the terrifier team uh, and uh, it's got a, a pretty good cast. Uh, uh, actually, it's a really good cast because usually, you know, in this genre, you don't have this many, you know, seasoned actors that are showing up, you know, in the cast. Yeah. We, you got Jeffrey Combs, of course, you know, uh, as the lead. Uh, Danielle Harris, uh, D. Wallace, Tim Reed, uh, Tony Todd, Daniel Roebuck, Dave Sheridan, Terry Kaiser. Uh, and, you know, people like Mark Holton making, uh, uh, you know, appearances or whatever. And so uh, I've, I've been waiting on that film to come out for quite a while. We shot that during the COVID epidemic in a, uh, a hotel. <laughs> uh, in a, 
right next to a, a battlefield park uh, that you might have heard heard about called Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, in the middle of COVID, they uh, they had originally uh, told me they were going to shoot it in upstate New York, and then COVID hit, and I thought I'll never hear from those guys ever again. And all of a sudden, they called me and said, "Just watch. We have a perfect, perfect." Uh, area to shoot everything we need to shoot is inside that hotel. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to send you a COVID kit. You're going to shove it up your nose and send it back to the lab. And if you're clear, then you're going to hop on a plane. So, you know, I got off the plane, went in the hotel and stayed there during the, the whole time that, that it took for me to, to, to get the roll, the, 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 uh, the film in the can, so to speak. <clears throat> and then, uh, when I left, I went straight back to the airport, uh, and it was just like a, a little city of uh, movie makers uh, that were, you know, contained <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the COVID compound. Was, that was that was kind of neat because you get to know people, like, uh, well, you know, yeah. And you well, saw Paul people, Rubens, I guess. I guess, huh? You saw Paul Rubens on, on your trip back from South Africa because that's when he really told you about the conventions. I, I did, and I, I credit him for for really getting me interested and helping me figure out what the hell was going on. Um, but yeah, it was um, over forty hours of, of air travel, and uh, I uh, in two thousand fifteen I moved back to Oklahoma to a small town where uh, things are are uh, freer. <laughs> um and being in new york you, you might appreciate that uh now <clears throat> but um my the, the last little leg that i had was from dallas to tulsa and the plane of course needed a part so i went into whatever club and uh i thought my god i've been in the air for over 40 hours and i had like you know all black clothing on and and the little fuzzy stuck to it. And my hair is going to. Uh, I must have looked like I just climbed out of a dumpster. And uh, I thought, right, I, I'm not going to get a whiskey. Uh, I wouldn't make it back on the plane. I'll just, I, I need, just need a little co- caffeine, but my stomach's not going to, you know, go with the coffee. So I'll get some tea. So I, I went toward this area where they had uh, all the teas in the world. And as I'm walking by, <clears throat> this uh, couch facing away from me, I hear this voice and I thought, I know that voice. And then I caught just a glimpse at the side of this guy's face. And I went, I think that might be Paul Rubin. So I walked around, got my tea and came around to the other side where I could see who it was. And that's who it was, was Paul Rubens, sitting there talking with his entourage or whatever. He had just uh, finished uh, a, a, a big uh, convention in Dallas and I uh, was just waiting to, to uh, get on a plane like me and, and get back home. And I walked up and I said, Paul, <laughs> and he looked at the people around him. He didn't recognize me, you know, because I mean, why, why should I just appear out of nowhere? Right. And he goes, what are you doing here? And I said, I don't know. What are you doing here? We had a laugh or whatever. We talked a little bit, and, and we started uh, communicating a little more often than we had in the past. And, you know, more than like birthdays and Christmas and stuff like that. But uh, 
uh, yeah, he uh, he started filling me in on 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 the whole thing and and what to expect and what to do, what not to do, whatever. Which uh, isn't really, you know, you can't really tell somebody uh, a lot. It, it's it's mainly you got to show up and go through it uh, to figure out what's going on. And I had never attended one. Duh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and he he was the one to give. He also gave you a spotlight at one of them. I heard. Oh, that was a, a screening of Pee Wee's Big Adventure, uh, and um, as COVID was was starting to hit, um, and this wasn't too too far after after that meeting at the airport, uh, in the grand scheme of things, um, but uh, he was uh, showing a 30th anniversary film in the, in the most beautiful ornate grand theaters from coast to coast and he had started on the west coast and he was uh, you know going across across the whole country on this anniversary tour and you know if you if you showed up and uh you know you got back backstage access <clears throat> and after this the, the screening began with the live on mtv video which i had never seen of course you know i was uh, on my way in the theater right <laughs> As everybody else was showing up and getting videoed. Uh, so that was just a mind blower to see that. And then, of course, the film and uh, and seeing the film with Texans. Uh, so you can imagine the Alamo scene or whatever. It was it was uh, it was rowdy, loud <laughs> and rowdy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and afterward, he came out on stage and uh, and, and did a little comedy and talked and told some really interesting stories, stories that I had never heard from him before. Um, he saved all the good stuff for, for the tour, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at some point he he mentioned, uh, and, I, and nobody knew who I was. In, you know, I was just tucked away in the audience. And, but he knew I was there. And so he he spotlighted me or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God. And uh, I stood up in this beautiful audience or whatever. They were just pumped and, and thrilled with the movie and with him already or whatever. They gave me a standing question. And I'm sure my wife was going, you know, but um, yeah, it was really cool. Uh, it had some interesting uh, reactions after that that kind of uh, primed me for uh, for really emotional moments that happened, uh, believe it or not. And there's at least one, at least one at every uh every event you know um but this particular one i it, it kind of clued me in okay i get it now you were Big part of my guy. childhood the guy that yeah. came up to you yeah 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 and uh it, it just it just wrecked me i don't know why but uh you know i had to just like you know keep my shit together till i could get outside and, uh and light a cigarette uh, which I know never do. <laughs> <laughs> I lost the cigarettes, pick up cigars, and I don't inhale them. Uh, best thing I ever did. So, oh, one of the best things I ever did, but uh, health-wise, anyway. But anyway, we've gone from uh, we've gone from uh, uh, Dallas to uh, cigars, and where do you want to go from here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Pee Wee, it's it's a classic film. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, your scene. Everyone always remembers your scene. You'll be sorry, Pee Wee Herman. 
I know you are, but what am I? But with getting the role, because you, because I, I want to connect all this together with you going out to LA and, and you act eventually moving in with your friend and your fr friend's wife was an assistant to casting director of Paramount. So she was able to get you to read lines and get you in the room. Well, um, she was actually at another studio. She actually helped me get my uh, bias. Sad card. Sad card. Yeah. Uh, I already had my after card by then, but uh, I, I needed my SAG card. And that well, opened Webster. up a whole new door to, uh, to agents and other things, which eventually led to uh, uh, my uh, meeting at uh, an audition at uh, Warner Brothers for Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So, yeah, uh, you know, I credit her if, you know, she hadn't done that. And, and the, the people that I was that were watching me read day after day with people that were auditioning for the cast of uh, this television series, <clears throat> then they never would have uh, written me a role and put me in the final uh, episode. Uh, and, and that way it was kind of like, you know, you came in here and, and we like your stuff. We're going to, we're pretty much going to hand you a, a national television <laughs> program uh, appearance and get you your SAG card. So uh, it's, you know, my, my whole life, uh, has just been uh, one uh, miraculous event after another. It really has. I mean, you know, there's there's been everybody has ups and downs in their lives, but <clears throat> but when you look at it in retrospect, things weren't just as rotten as I thought they were at one time. You know, things were pretty good. I mean, yeah. things are amazing and. Uh, you know, even though I didn't know what was going on, you know, God was taking care of me. He was just setting things up with it. You know, like I said, the synchronicity of, okay, this is why you're doing this now. You may not know. You'll figure it out one day if you'll just listen. Well, you know, here we are. Here we are all these years later celebrating your role, Francis Buxton. Yeah. Classic. As I said, people remember it. I know you are, but what am I? You really seen peewee paul rubens you saw him on a late night show prior and you said this guy is nuts yeah see, that was my only uh frame of reference was was an appearance on um letterman, letterman. yeah that was it and of course he came on as peewee not as paul rubens and uh <laughs> i think he had letterman doing stuff and i'm going wow where else it's gonna go uh so i i didn't know what to expect when i when i uh I didn't even know I was going to read with him uh, that he was, you know, I was going to read with him when I went into audition. Uh, in fact, it was just like, okay, you have an audition at Bungalow, blah, 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 and Warner Brothers. And I showed up and there's uh, everybody that was anybody in it. And they said, and, and you know, now uh, uh, let's, uh, let's have you read with Paul. And I thought, oh, that's Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens. Okay. So uh, I read with him. And uh, it all just went by really quick. And they said, okay, thanks for coming in. And by the time I got home, they had pretty much hired me to do Francis. And uh, the rest is history. You guys well, had great chemistry together, too, in those scenes. It clicked right away. Usually, it's certain films, it, it, the chemistry isn't there. But I feel as though you guys were on the same note. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it, was, it was written uh, to be done. <laughs> you know, well, all you had to do is just, you know. Uh, you know, listen, <laughs> react, uh, give the other actor what they needed, and uh, and and 
you know, you're going to get back what you needed. And you had, a, I had, we had a good director. So everything just went, went great. Yeah. Just like clockwork, you know, but there was, um, as, as far as uh, the this, this scene with him, uh, and I think it was the first thing I, I shot was, was that scene. And then I think one of the last things I shot was uh, at the, uh, which I guess is the only, I mean, other time that that, that character, uh, Francis Buxton, uh, talked with. The back scene. Was at the, at the drive-in at the end. So. The drive-in, yeah. Yeah. So. And and the the bath scene too that one, I, I think the, oh, the best reaction yeah. was was yeah, when the when the father character looks at you and he said just look at him that's that always makes me laugh yeah. <laughs> that was uh, Ed Hurley, uh, wonderful old gentleman. Um, <clears throat> I didn't know who he was until after the film we started talking. And he was the voice of Kraft, all their commercials on radio and television for 35 years. Uh, wow, man. You know, that's uh, 35 years and it was 1985. So, you know, was, you know, what was he doing before that? I don't know. But um, anyway, I'm glad he got into to films after he retired <laughs> from voiceover work. I had actually... You know, you'll have uh, a lot of people show up in cosplay outfits or whatever, a lot of peewees or whatever. Um, but at, at one event, uh, a guy came with his dad. And they were both dressed in the blue jumpsuits. They, they were dressed as Francis and his father. And I thought, wow, I never expected to see that. Anyway, that's... <laughs> It was just, just one of those magic little moments that at the same time you go. At these conventions, you you hear about and see all these crazy things that the, the fans are really dedicated in ways that you would never even know. I'm sure you've probably seen tattoos and stuff. Who knows what you've seen? I've heard all kinds of stories of fans that show up to these conventions. Oh, robotics. So I have R2-D2 come by my table. <laughs> Uh, and uh, a lot of stormtroopers, a lot of Batman and, and cat women and people as trees and uh, pretty much, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of Jedis, Jedi. <laughs> a lot of stormtroopers, a lot of um, uh, usually there's there's a two or three at the larger conventions of uh, Darth Vader's. Uh, so there's, there's never a dull moment, you know, that's going one way or another in front of your table, usually. No. It's always chaotic at, at those conventions. I, I am curious though, what was it that they gave you for the the chewing scene when when he gives you the gum? Because your father started screaming and you saw what was pouring out of your mouth. <laughs> it was all black. Well, I asked that question. I said, "What is this stuff I'm getting ready to put in my mouth?" And and uh, I don't know if it's special effects. It was it was all about how it read on camera. And I went, "Oh, okay." So when I loaded up my mouth. And then, uh, you know, on action, I started cheering like that and just kind of dribbled out. And, uh, wow, nasty shit, man. Nasty yeah. shit. And, uh, <clears throat> and then they'd have to clean you up, and it's like <laughs> staining your flesh, and they're like <clears throat> rubbing it off, and kind of remakeup, you know, do the makeup and everything, and then reloading for another take, and... Uh, but no, it was neither uh, fruit or spearmint. Yeah. One. So, and then, you know, the, the first time somebody came back by my table and said, 
want some uh, blackjack gum? <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah, why not? So, yeah. I'm surprised they never made because I know they made other Pee Wee movies and, they, and the show went on. Of course, I'm surprised they never did a direct sequel to Big Adventure. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I, and you know, it was supposed to be. And and uh, in fact, I guess they li- they liked me so much as Francis. It was a sequel writer uh, in my contract where if uh, if and when they did part two, it started uh, uh, with the uh, you know, it, it would have been quite lucrative, let's say. But um, wasn't to be. Um, it uh, the relationship uh, between uh, those in charge, uh, I guess, deteriorated, and uh, and uh, so uh, there was a switch from studios, even, and. Uh, they decided to go other directions. Like, uh, I think the next direction was to the circus. So I, you know, I went to I went to that opening too, you know, and, and enjoyed it. I had had some some strange things happen there. Uh, <laughs> at the after party, of course, being a circus film, <clears throat> there are animals and animal actors of Hollywood had uh, an elephant. Just outside the uh, the event, or outside, you know, the, the tent where everybody's partying. And I'm standing there with a drink, looking out at this elephant. These two guys are riding, you know, back to back. Not back to back, front to back. And uh, and they get off, and damn if it wasn't Mark Mother's Bar, Bob, from Devo. And, um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, played, uh, played the father in... Um, uh, Back to the Future. Okay. Uh, Crispin Christopher Glover. Lloyd. Huh? Is it Christopher Lloyd? No, no, Crispin Crispin Glover. I think. Oh, Crispin Glover. Yeah, Crispin Glover. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 And uh, I thought I never thought those two I would see those two together, much less riding an elephant on the Paramount lot. And of course, I'm I'm laughing my ass off, and they stopped by and handed me their card. And of course, it was a card for animal actors of Hollywood. So that was that was a very strange little moment yeah. <laughs> from very, two very strange guys, you know. Yeah. Speaking so, of Crispin Glover, I'm going to connect you here. Michael J. Fox, Teen Wolf, another classic movie. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, fat boy, shoot. Everyone remembers that scene and just your reaction when you whistle when Michael J. Fox turns into the wolf. What, what what was your relationship with Michael J. Fox? How how was he behind the scenes? And did you kind of remain in contact with him similar to the Pee Wee over the years, just like Merry Christmas and all that? Um, it was a good working relationship. You know, he he got my humor. You know, so even when we weren't rolling, you know, we were we were cracking each other up. And uh, and it was it was kind of like you know being the dudes in the locker room. You know, <laughs> that, that time in our lives. <laughs> and, uh, you know, afterwards, uh, Mikey always had a, a chilled six pack of moose head in his trailer. And, um, you know, we, we did some stuff afterwards, but we, we really didn't keep up with each other. Uh, if, if I had an audition or, or something that I shot at the Paramount lot, you know, I would call him and say, hey, 
and I'm going to be there tomorrow. And, and then, uh, you know, we would uh, sync up at, at lunchtime and, and go to the commissary and have lunch together. But, um, no, other than uh, just just a couple of times, we, we lost uh, contact uh, with each other over the years. And um, uh, I did get to talk to him uh, at a at a party much like this. I don't know if it was a Zoom call or whatever. I just I went into a room and the camera was set up and he was on the other end and <clears throat> talked to him briefly or whatever. It was, it was a 30th anniversary uh, party or whatever, and he was showing up remotely. So uh, that was the last time I got to talk to him. Um, but uh, he's still out there, you know. Yeah. Uh, just uh, a very courageous, very courageous gentleman. Yeah, he definitely is one of the all-time greats. And I'm curious for your shot, how many attempts was it for you to finally make that in? Or was that just a separate cut where they just, someone was able to score it? Well, <clears throat> that's the way it was uh, appears in the movie. Yeah. Because they didn't have a camera <laughs> on the hoop or the, or the you know, the, the board. Yeah. They, they did not have a camera on it because the camera was on me. So... I um, I did it, you know, through it or whatever, and uh, nobody was more surprised than me. It, it went in on the first shot, wow. on the first take, and uh, <laughs> when I looked around, you know, people were going, "Did he really make that?" <laughs> you know, so you know, on cut, everybody was just laughing their ass off, going, "I can't believe that just happened," and, and of course. Me, I'm going. Well, hell, I can't believe it just happened either. Uh, it was, it was just a just a strange, miraculous moment because, as a basketball player, dude, in reality, at that time or now or any time in my life, I couldn't play my way out of a wet paper sack. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, it was fun. Yeah, and some fan actually has your jersey. You signed it, and they framed it. I have jerseys that are available, that are reproductions, good quality. Um, I think the uh, People's Republic has a, one uh, that's uh, number 42, which is Scott. But I noticed there was there was nothing for uh, for uh, for Chappie because people were coming in with T-shirts with 55 on it, wanting me to sign them. And I thought, well, let's let's test the waters here. And um, I. Uh, I had a limited amount made and then ended up having to get another limited amount made. Uh, and you, you can get them, uh, uh, you know, if you want <clears throat> on uh, Facebook, there is a place called Mark Holton autographs. And if you go to private signings, you will find it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was, it was, it was weird. You know, when I tested the water with that, I just, Managed to to be in a location that had mannequins. <laughs> so I said, okay, let's drag all these mannequins up here and put my jersey on them. So I had all my my jerseys uh, on on different mannequins. They ended up selling out, you know. Uh, but there's more out there. I just uh, I don't know if there'll be more after that though. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's a hot I, item. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't bid on one on eBay because <laughs> you're gonna, probably going to end up. Uh, paying for uh, a lot more than you will if you just go to Mark Holton autographs. So, 
Yeah, for all the Teen Wolf fans, go out there, go get the. I'm, I may even purchase one because I'm a big Jersey guy. So, I, oh, I'll autograph it for you, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I appreciate oh, that. Well, then, then I'd frame it then because I don't wear yeah. anything that's signed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll send you a couple of the sports cards. You know, Chevy number fifty-five with all yeah. the stats. <laughs> you know, and I'll send you some eight by tens of Chevy. You know, shooting the hoops and all that. That's you fine. can do a whole little shrine, a whole, yeah. <laughs> a whole little Chubb shrine, if you want. That, that, that's class. Yeah, Chubbs is one of the all-timers. And, 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 and all your movies that you're in, Little Giants, it, it's just you're one of those actors from the in, in that era in the 80s where you're in these iconic films. And it, it seems like you, you we see you all the time because you're so recognizable right away. And especially when you, when you pop up in Leprechaun in the 90s, it's like – this guy's been in so many different films and iconic films as that with Pee Wee, Teen Wolf, Little Giants, as I mentioned before. This brings me to Leprechaun, though, with you getting it, because this is with you getting connected with Mark Jones and you actually seeing the script later on that Mark's friend next to your character name. <laughs> yeah, well, it was it was uh, actually a, a, the casting director's notes or whatever they had a sheet of people they were seeing that day somehow it survived and somebody was able to get me a, a copy of it <clears throat> and uh it just it had mark holton mark's friend i went okay so uh you know he had he had pretty much written <laughs> written the role with me in mind um i i just you know didn't know you know who was going to be up against uh, up against me for for the role but uh you know, I sailed right through with that one. That's that's about as close as I've ever gotten to uh, uh, just, you know, not not having to go through the audition process at all, which I think has happened a couple of times, but but not very often. Yeah. But uh, there's a book out. And I would imagine that you have film students, people that uh, study, you know, film and, and maybe uh, movies from that, that time period. And it is called The Making of Leprechaun. Uh, and the subtitle is I Want Me Gold. And it pretty much, uh, you know, does a deep dive into Mark Jones and his background and how, what led to the script and everything that he had to overcome to uh, to get one frame of, uh, you know, the first frame <laughs> actually shot in, in, in the can. Um, and, and the whole uh, casting process, you know, with, with with myself and, and Jennifer and, and Robert, and, uh, it's uh, it it was it's just a uh, it was a book to where I wish I had had something like that uh, to read because it makes it makes me understand things that I I didn't understand until I read the book here re uh, recently about how the the film industry uh, really works behind the scenes and, and did back then. So I I think it would be a, a nice uh, tool in the toolkit. Or any any would be uh, people that want to follow that path. No, I, I'm definitely gonna have to check out this book, and everyone out there who hasn't had the opportunity of heard of it being out, please do. It's, it's going to be I'll, interesting I'll, read. I'll send you a picture of the cover. Okay, so yes, please do. You can post that up if you want. Sure. Yeah. Okay. No, a hundred percent. And with, with this film, because you, you clicked with Robert and Jennifer right away on the set, you guys had a good chemistry because a lot of times you guys were just sitting around joking because Warwick was in the makeup chair. You yeah. you told Jennifer that she was going to be big 
Well, we weren't, we, we were still doing stuff even, you know, when, uh, when, uh, when Warwick was in the makeup chair, it was just that he was absent from our, our group that day. But uh, yeah, in, in between takes or, you know, setting up the, the, you know, the master and then, you know, they, they, they get coverage or whatever. So it takes a lot of time in between. So uh, when you're, you're brain dead, cause you've been there for several hours of where you start laughing and, uh, and you get to know people and it becomes a little, a little family unit. And then, you know, Oh, here comes a Warwick, you know, and then he's, he's added to the mix and, uh, and, and then all the, you know, the crew you're, you're around him all day long, every day. Uh, so it was a really neat experience. And, uh, I'm going, this is your first movie, huh, Jennifer? She goes, yeah, it's my first movie. I'm thinking, okay. So after a couple of, couple of days, you know, went by her. And and just getting to see her her sense of, sense of humor, her work ethic, <clears throat> uh, every everything about her, she she had all the right stuff. And I I said you're going to go places. I, I it wouldn't surprise me in the least to see you uh, as a regular cast member on Saturday Night Live. And she ended up doing better than that for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> friends. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You were right. You predicted it. You, you spoke it into existence, and the the talent was there. No, spoke it into existence. We have to talk after this is over with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's something I don't hear from everybody, but yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, it was um, it, it was a fun time. Uh, I'm, I'm I still talk with Mark Jones regularly, uh, and and his plans or whatever. Um, and he, he's still he's still out there, you know. He he has plans, and they get a little closer all the time. But like I said earlier, a lot of stuff is dependent on other people's timing. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful because you know whatever happens with, with Mark, uh, I'm sure you know he'll he'll find a, a place for an old character actor that he knows. So we'll see what happens with that. Yep. Stay tuned and and. Leprechaun, it's one of the all-time classics right there for horror, especially cult. Everyone watches it. St. Patrick's Day, you're always going to want to tune into that film. And, and it stands alone by itself because all the sequels are, I'm not I'm not a fan of them. I, I like the original. And this is why Leprechaun Origins was so special, was because that it was a direct sequel to the original one. It would have been even better even if Warwick rep reprised his role because I know yeah. he's tired of it the, the makeup process is grueling and what you did learn with getting the makeup for the ghost of ozzy so you kind of had your turn of knowing what <laughs> warwick was going through all those times <laughs> yeah. uh and he went through seven of them uh bless his heart no wonder when eight came around <laughs> leprechaun returns he goes no you know he had he had a lot of ewok money yeah star wars <laughs> A Harry lot Potter of money, money later on. Galaxy is far, far away. Yeah. Uh, where he, he didn't have to, you know, it, it was, you know, he, he had banked it. He put it to work or whatever. But what Bogart used to call your uh, go F you money. Uh, because when he was uh, when he was a young actor, you know, he just, you know, he, God, I got to do this, I gotta do that, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and later on in life, uh, that was one of the one of the things that he would tell people like Richard Burton to say. You know, you gotta have a, you gotta, you gotta bank it. Don't, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't let it uh, all get by you or whatever. Because pretty soon, someone's gonna ask you to do something that you don't want to do, and then you can just say, 
because mm -mm. I don't have to. So that's kind of how I am with life right now. I don't have to go out there and beat on doors and, and, and live in, in California. Uh, no. So I'm not going to. So if, if they want me, we, we have technology that's putting you and me together in the same room. Uh, so, uh, you know, if you if you want to if you want to see me in the flesh or whatever, send me a ticket. What hotel? When's the meeting? Then get my ass back home while you make your deliberations, you know. But other than that, I'm, you know, I, I just, you know, how do you how do you uh, how do you look for work or whatever? I'm going, look, I, you know, I don't need an agent. Um, I know how to read a sad contract. And and I'm pretty good at, at dealing with the used cars. So I, I would I would <laughs> I would be able to. Uh, it, it's worked out so far. So let's just say that that's where it's going to go. You're right about that. It, uh, with Leprechaun, everything I know with Jennifer Aniston, there's been these interviews, especially with Warwick Davis, where he says that she doesn't claim or acknowledge the film. It, what are your thoughts on just hearing that, if that's even true? Um, I can kind of see where she's coming from. Uh, it was her first film. Uh, it wasn't something that at the time she was really proud of for for some reason uh, and of course you know she, she had to watch herself and, and approve of her own job so it could be a little bit of that but uh but over time i mean come on man we're we're 30 something years in that was your first film if it hadn't been that for that film would your life have, have gone the, the direction that it did would your career have become uh, meteoric? Um, you know, so, um, you know, God bless her, whatever. I, the only time I see her now is if I'm in Walmart, I look up and there's one of her big ads <laughs> for cosmetic <laughs> or something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, that's I, I, I can't answer. You, they would, you would have to ask her that. Yeah. Well, down the road, I will. I'll, I'll speak that into existence. But, you know, because I think horror is an important genre because you see the the careers that it's made because a lot of big time actors start out in it. And if you don't start out in it and you just stay in it, you become synonymous with the genre. Either way, it's it's a great genre. Oh, you could you could make one hell of a list starting with, you know, like Jack Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Michael Landon. In some really bad B films from from uh, from uh, way back there, but uh, one of the descriptions of of Leprechaun that I, that I found interesting was that it's the last '80s horror film made in the '90s. I agree. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. So it was it was a little, you know, they were just different after that. Um. A lot of people, you know, everything goes like, well, have you seen the original this and have you read the original then? Uh, and uh, and they were just different films. Uh, yes, uh, you know, somebody else that that, uh, that just, you know, had had to stop doing it because the makeup was just killing her. It was Robert England, you know. You, you put yourself through that many hours day in and day out. And... Um, you know, if if, um, if you're on a schedule and you don't want to 
take time off to be sick and you get sick, you just work through it. So uh, it can really suck. So I, I, you know, I understand, you know, these guys, they, they get to that point. I don't understand Michael J. Fox, though, because, you know, that was one of his excuses. Well, that's why I didn't do uh, Teen Wolf 2 was the makeup of Come on now. You know, uh, it was a stuntman doing the makeup. You know, he had a couple of days where he was in the makeup chair for a little bit, but that doesn't fly with me, Michael, if you happen to see this. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it's... Um, you know, it, it's 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 like um, anything else. I, you know, you can't you can't really answer for them, but, yeah, but no. uh, at least <laughs> at least give me an honest, truthful answer. You know, it's like uh, you know, I was too big by that time. I had I had I had drunk from the well of uh, of uh, Spielberg or whatever, however you want to put it. So, yeah. Um, but um, I always save a you know backward glance for you know where you came from, and the people that uh, that uh, you meet along the way, or you uh, at some point in your life might be sorry that you didn't. And it just explains you know the wholesome person that you are, and just seeing how you treat all your fans, and just you're grateful for every step of the way. And I've even heard about your experiences with I know. People know you for your star and roles, Gacy, and just your experience on that set where the director was, uh, he was abusive. I'll put it that way with the the matches. I heard the whole story. So uh, along the way, then he, he heard what you said and breaking it down. You said water under the bridge and all that. So you've gone through the, the, the top points in the industry, and then you've had some rough experiences with, with that. But at the end of the day, you you yeah. still are a wholesome person no matter what. Yeah, I don't I don't have any grudges that I hold against anybody, and and uh, hope nobody, you know, <laughs> you know has anything uh, that uh, that that they carried around for years without me knowing about. But um, you know, life life's life's too short to, uh, to let it, let a day go by without uh, forgiving somebody. Because it's, it's all about forgiveness. You know, there's there's two great commandments. One is uh, to love uh, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second that falls right after it, and you'll just do it if you do the first, is uh, to treat other people the way you wish to be treated. And uh, you know, if you just live by those two things alone and, and stick to it, um, then you'll you'll be uh, you'll be better off. It, and it doesn't matter what point you are in your life if you'll just consciously try to live your life that way um things get better yeah they do you know they do yeah i, I wanted to ask you this mark because I, I it's my goal now especially with everything going on with the the writer's strike and the actors potentially joining in on it because I, I really want to help the actors out on my platform just to, what are your thoughts on the whole writer strike right now and all the struggling actors because it's a difficult time to get work? What are your thoughts on that? And what do you when do you think there's going to be a, a resolution to all this? Well, the, the whole streaming uh, and I I think I, there was there was uh, you know a lot of this stuff happened so quickly that that there really wasn't uh, uh, a lot 
in place it should have been. You know, you can't predict what's going to happen. Uh, but but it was just, a, you know, it was time for, you know, an industry that just, just ballooned and exploded pretty much overnight, the grand scheme of things. And they're addressing that. And, uh, uh, you know, I... I don't know if they're going to go too far with it as far as the Screen Actors Guild goes, or if they're just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Of course, you know, it's uh, selfishly, it's, it's to my uh, advantage uh, because, uh, see here, <laughs> in just a matter of days, I will start drawing my Screen Actors Guild pension. And uh, anything that's out there streaming now will, of course, be you know, included in that. So I wish them all the luck in the world. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> uh, the writers, I think they pretty much got, got that, you know, they're going to get what they wanted. Uh, but, you know, it'll all be over before we know it. Everything will be back to, to normal. Just in time for the communist Chinese to nuke us. <laughs> On a happier note. Yeah. Whatever. Oh. Uh. Mark, man, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Is there anything else you want to let your fans know out there? We we you got the stream on the way coming out this fall. Yeah. You mentioned the conventions earlier and the events that you have on the way as far as screenings. Anything else, man? Not really. Um, <clears throat> I don't know uh, when you're going to to play this, and it, uh, a, a lot of stuff that I could say that I would like to say uh, would would date this. You know, for... this Wednesday. I'm going to drop it this Wednesday. Well, I know, but I mean. In the future, whatever. But uh, so, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say, uh, uh, I I saw night before last. I I went to a theater, which is rare for me, and uh, and went watched Sound of Freedom, and uh, it's it's a uh, it's a film that you need to go and watch, and. Uh, it's it's taken on a life of its own and rightfully so. And uh, you know the like the the guy from Rolling Stone that panned the movie. You know if you read between the lines there, the guy's just uh, a piece of shit as far as I'm concerned. You know, and that's that's the nicest thing I can say about the guy that wrote that review because the movie is is actually a very good movie. You know, there's some good solid acting. A very difficult uh, acting, you know, from uh, everybody in the cast. I mean, everybody. It's it's an A film, uh, and uh, <clears throat> after you see it, uh, you see how you know you have a chance to pay it forward. Uh, people that don't have, you know, that need a two for one or whatever to see it, that can't afford it or whatever, you can pay it forward and actually buy tickets for people if you want. Uh, because they don't have the firepower uh, where they, but they took Indiana Jones out opening night, uh, you know, with about half the theaters. So this thing's got legs and it's got uh, a life of its own. And if you'll just look into it and give it a chance, I think it's something that uh, everybody needs to know about, especially if you are a father or a mother. So I'll just leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Mark Holton, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it and sharing all your history and all the acting work that you've done throughout the decades, man. I appreciate it. And you always giving back to your fans and, and just everything that you have on the way, too. I, I look forward to seeing stream. It's going to be good. Well, thank you for asking me. I was uh, 
quite impressed with your story and how you started and, and where you are with it now. And I, I wish you uh, all the, the best. Uh, you know, God bless this enterprise and and uh, and guide you and put you where you need to be and uh, just be patient. You know, good things happen to good people, brother. That's right. Mark Holton, man, I appreciate that. It means a lot. You're always welcome on the show. Anytime that you have anything that you want to uh -oh. promote. Yeah, you're, you're, you're always welcome. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've done it now. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna rue the day. And go, oh God, why did I say that? No, no. Well, it, you know, it might happen. There might be something really, really uh, earth shattering. That, hey, hey, I didn't go on. Yeah, guess what happened? So yeah, if that happens, then uh, I'll absolutely thank you so much. I will take you up on that, man. Of course, man. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, and until the next time, this Wednesday, this will be dropping, so you'll see the promo, and it'll be playing oh. live on my station and everything, so. Okay, I'll Look send you some pictures. Yeah, send me the picture. And, um, and uh, Elite East, I'll, I'll just, I'll just, you know what, I don't have your, um, send me your phone number, or I'll send okay. you mine, either way, um, and, and that way uh, we can hook up and, and we can we can, it, it would be a lot easier than, than to do it through Instagram because absolutely. If, if you're as buried as I am, then my God, you know, it's like, God, when was that? It was the day before yesterday. And you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Like, oh, you know, I'm, a, I'm on an iPhone 10 trying to find, God, there's Mad Max. So, um, so yeah, let's, let's just hook up uh, and, uh, and I'll send you what you need. And you can you can ask away or let me know what's going on with your life, with your, your, you know, your conquests. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Talk to you then, man. All right, Mark. I'll talk to you soon. All right. OK. All right, Appreciate man. Bye bye. Bye bye.